Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get started. Um, talk about spiritual authority. And um, man, you guys have been learning some real good stuff today. Really good practical stuff. We're gonna switch gears a little bit and really talk about the heart posture uh, that we should have as Christians, but as leaders too. Okay. So, gonna talk about what spiritual authority is. So we're going to answer some of these questions. Uh, what is authority? Where does it come from? What is my response to authority? Who is in authority? Uh, what is my response to them? And uh, where am I on the authority spectrum, among other things? All right. So uh, first of all, uh, what's the definition of authority? Authority is this power to determine, adjudicate, or otherwise settle issues or disputes. Uh, it's jurisdiction, it's the right to control, command, or to determine. Uh, it's a power or a right delegated or given. <clears throat> Could be a person or a body of persons in whom authority is vested, like as a government agency. Um, it could be persons having the legal power to make and enforce the law, government, an accepted source of information, advice, an expert on a subject. All of these are definitions of authority. Um, who does that sound like to you? God. Sounds like God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely sounds like God. God is the ultimate source of authority. So when we talk about authority at all, um, you know, police officers have authority. If, um, you know, if a police officer, so I was riding with my father uh, <coughs> up, and uh, he was speeding, and we, we came upon this cop on the highway way far ahead of us who had already pulled over a vehicle. And my dad uh, was struggling to control his speed as he passed the cop, and the cop stood a little bit out in the road, and he pointed at my dad, and he goes like this, he, he was like motioned him over. And just because this police officer had the authority of a police officer, are you getting where I'm going? My dad pulled over. It wasn't because this man would, would have been able to stop the car. My dad could, you know, super morbid, but the car could have destroyed this police officer if he wanted to hit him. My father wouldn't do that. But because of his authority, he pulled over just because of the authority of that position. Okay, so. All authority is given by God. If somebody's got authority, if there's any kind of authority at all, it comes from the Lord. Um, so, here are some of the specific characteristics as to why, if we needed some answers of why God has authority, this is why, okay? First of all, He's the Creator. He is your Creator. He's everything's Creator. Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2 says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. So why does God have authority? Well, it's because he's the creator. He made everything. Um, also, you may have heard this before, but we like to say this in the outpost, because God has made us, he has a fundamental right upon our life. He has a right on your life. And for the folks that we're reaching out to, even if they don't know Jesus, God has a right on their life. Why? Because he's their creator. That's why. 
Um, kind of as an example of what I'm talking about, it's different than a husband and a wife creating a child. Okay, husband and wife come together, they decide, hey, we're going to try to get pregnant, they get pregnant, and um, basically they, they, they create this child. Uh, however, they're simply exercising their creative authority that God gave them, right? They wouldn't have the ability or the authority to do that had God not given it to them. So that's not exactly what we're talking about. What we're talking about is more like a sculptor or a potter. A sculptor or a potter literally forms something out of just just nothing into something, okay? That is the kind of authority in the creatorship that God has upon your life, right? It's not just that he... Um, that, that he makes something and we can make whatever decision that we want. No, he uh, completely made us out of nothing. He's got full-blown access to all parts of who we are. Even the, even the people that don't get that, believe that, don't know Jesus, God has a right on their lives as well. So all authority comes from God. Here's another example of why he's the Redeemer. Right. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 23 says, You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. So as Christians especially, uh, he, he paid the most uh, high price for our salvation with the blood of his own son. It cost him everything that he have, had to, to have us. So we, we literally uh, are his redeemed creation uh, he's got authority on our life because we were bought at a price. We were bought at a price. Romans 14.8 says, If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Hmm. Isn't, that, isn't that cool? I feel like just simply for a few moments meditating on these thoughts, um, will help us put our life in perspective, right? Hey, I'm struggling with this thing, or hey, this has been really hard for me to give up, or hey, I'm not sure, you know, I want to do this that God is asking me to do. Well, just meditate on the fact that He, 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 he owns you. He, he created you, and He paid everything for you. He's your creator, He's your redeemer. We owe Him everything that we have. He has a right on our lives. Our acknowledgement of the Lord as our Redeemer means that we acknowledge that He now controls our life. Yeah, so this should be the proper uh, mode of our lives when we come to God. If we confess Him as our Lord and ask Him into our life, He becomes, you know, we become child, children of God, He becomes our Father. But um, it's really important to remember that He is in control. When you became a Christian, the, the correct posture for that um, ask of yours to Jesus, I give my life to you, Jesus, please come into my life. The correct posture is not, hey, I, want, I just want to escape hell and make heaven. The correct posture is, God, here I am, and now, boom, it's yours. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to think? How do you want me to behave? What do you want me to spend my time doing? How do you want me to spend my life? It's no longer it's no longer ours. It's all his. That's the right posture. Anything else, even in our mindset, in terms of like, well, I'm just struggling to obey right now, or well, maybe I'll take my time doing this thing that God has asked me to do. Those are all incorrect. 
the correct posture is God paid it all for me and now my life is his right. so spiritual authority God has got all authority why? he's our creator he's our redeemer he, he, we, we owe him all he owes us nothing uh, he's our lord <laughs> final, that's the final one he is our lord Romans 10 9 says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved you'll be saved when you confess him as your Lord and you mean that from your heart right. from the Strong's Greek dictionary we learn that the word Lord here in this passage if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord the word Lord there is kurios and uh, it has the literal meaning of a supreme authority or a controller. So if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is my supreme authority, and believe in your heart, God raised you from the dead, you'll be saved. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is my controller, and believe in your heart, that God raised you from the dead, you'll be saved. That's the kind of God that we're talking about here, right? <coughs> Praise the Lord that he is a benevolent master, right? Praise the Lord that he's a merciful, gracious, all-loving, all-knowing uh, Father. But he's also our Lord. So, uh, what is to be our response to God's authority? What's, what's our response then? And even if you've got an answer right now, go ahead and shout it out. What would be your response to this? Submission. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's great. Great word, good. That's where I was going to, Rustin. What's my response to God's authority? It's, it's submission. All right. Another way of saying this whole topic is submission and authority. Spiritual authority and submission. All right. What does it mean to submit? It means to give or to yield to the power or authority of another person. To allow oneself to be subjected to some kind of treatment. Uh, to defer to another's judgment, opinion, decision, etc. That's what it means to submit. When uh, there is an authority in our lives, our correct posture, if it's a godly authority, is to submit. And remember, we'll get into this a little bit more, but all authority comes from God. All authority comes from God. So, we are, to, we are to yield to that authority. <clears throat> in fact, if you've been saved, you have submitted your life to God's rulership. And, uh, you know, as we go about our Christian life, sometimes we're going to be uh, tempted to take some of that authority <coughs> back. Am I the only one in the room that's ever experienced that? <laughs> so there's this, uh, it, it can and it will get easier as we continue to submit to the lordship and the authority of God in our lives. But uh, as long as we live in this earth suit, um, at times there will be temptation, temptation to take back uh, that lordship. Um, sometimes our flesh tries to make us forget that we have committed our lives fully to the Lord. So what we need to do is what Paul did and make our flesh our slave so that we won't be disqualified for the things that God has asked us to do and the things that he has planned for us. In other words... Just because you've been saved, it doesn't mean you'll never struggle with retaking the reins of your life. You need to be like Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27 says this. 
Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Pretty intense here, but living this life of submission to the Lord's Lordship is going to require us putting ourselves upon the altar. Does that make sense? So the altar was the place in the Old Testament where sacrifices were, were, were slain, were killed. And uh, in the New Testament, <laughs> you are the sacrifice, right? You have to put yourself on that altar daily because that's, you know, that's how God can fully do what he wants to do in our lives. We have to be able to, to we have to be willing to lay it down. Here's some examples in my life of, of this process of, hey, I see what's in God's word, I'm committing to obey, and, and sometimes I don't, I don't feel like I need to do that. Well, one of the, one of the ways that this kind of transpires in my life is, is Devo times. I do a pretty good job of um, doing my best in the mornings to meet with the Lord on a regular basis, either through prayer or reading the word or things like this, but uh, oftentimes, Especially if I've uh, been up late the night before hanging out with college students or something like that. <laughs> I won't want to get up early and do anything. You know what I'm saying? But so, so oftentimes I have to make myself set my alarm and get up and spend time in the presence of God. And that is, that is kind of an example of, hey, I understand that God has got the Lordship in my life. And if I want to think like Him today, I need to meditate on some of his promises before I get going. And so for me to do that, I make myself get up. I make myself get up. I put myself, I put my flesh back on the altar. I don't sleep in. I get up and I spend time with the Lord instead. Another area of my life where and possibly even your life it just reminds me of this constant having to, uh, to place Jesus on the throne of my life is in the area of my finances. And so Sarah and I uh, do this thing called tithing regularly, if you haven't ever heard about tithing. Basically, it's a biblical principle where uh, the first 10% of your income uh, is, is the Lord's, and you give it back to Him. Um, there's a lot of times where my bank account doesn't look like I necessarily should be giving 10% of my income to the Lord. And yet, I really appreciate uh, this commitment that Sarah and I have made that, hey, listen, every time that we get paid, for every time that we receive birthday money or anything like that where God is adding increase to our life, we make it a point to give the first 10% back to God. And that hurts my flesh sometimes because there's a lot of things I could do with that money. But that is an act of me uh, understanding that the things that have been given to me uh, are God's. I am under His authority. And so I make myself do that as a constant act of, hey God, I'm submitting uh, this thing that you've given me back to you. And in doing that, really, you're entrusting that area of your life to him. And just a, another little blurb on even tithing. I mean, when you, when you entrust that area of finances into his uh, care, when you give him what the Bible uh, asks you to give, that 10%, you're basically taking control of money out of your hands and putting it in God's hands. And that's the best place that that could ever be. Right? He's going to manage it way better than I could ever do. Another example of this, uh, in terms of just understanding what God wants from my life, but my flesh being uh, not okay with it sometimes, and me making myself 
do that anyway, beating my body and making it my slave so that I'm not disqualified for the prize. We do this thing uh, every week, usually, in the outpost called on-campus presence. Sometimes that's a spiritual reading tent. Sometimes that's just going out and sharing your faith. Sometimes in LTC, it was sharing your testimony on the stump, this type of thing. Uh, sneak peek into my life, I make myself do this because it's never comfortable for me. So one of the ways that I uh, make my flesh my slave so that I'm not disqualified as I, as I you know, instruct and give example to my resource guys and small group people about how to reach out is that I make myself do that. Does that make sense? So it's God's authority. God wants uh, me to share my testimony. A lot of times I'm so busy that there may not be an opportunity that comes up during the week just to share, like at the store or something like this. So I make it an effort to, uh, to show up at on-campus presence and share my faith regularly. And in doing that, not only does it get gets easier, but I crucify my flesh to what I want to do, which is yeah. to not get outside of my comfort zone and share things with people. But I do it anyway. And this is a way that I allow God to use my life. <coughs> so, what's God asking you to do? He is the spiritual authority. What could you do to put yourself in a place where um, you're continually submitted to him? How, how do you need to beat your body and make it your slave so that you're not disqualified? So what about what about authorities that are on the earth? We're talking about authority. We talked. We have established, I think, that God is the ultimate authority. How about other authorities? Right? How how far should my submission go? These these topics matter because as a small group leader, you're going to be in a position of authority. Right. And you're going to have people under you that basically, at some level, are under your authority. And as a small group leader, too, you're going to have resource group leaders and other leaders within outposts that are your authority. So it's really important to understand how authority works. Uh, it's a spiritual principle that those who follow well will have followers that follow you well, right? It's like sowing and reaping. When you, when you sow a godly quality into somebody else's life, oftentimes you'll reap that in your life. It's a spiritual principle. So if you want a consistent uh, small group that listens and respects the things that you have to say, first of all, uh, be consistent in the areas of your life that you're under authority in and listen and you know, do your best to apply what your leaders have to say. It'll come back to you. It's a spiritual principle. So how about the authorities that are on the earth, right? Uh, let's look at some scripture here. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 17 says this, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Pretty, that's pretty cool. Pretty straightforward, in fact. So this portion of scripture is saying that <coughs> the authorities that are on the earth were put there by God, and we have a duty to submit to them as well. The submission that we obey and that we show 
in the areas of our life outside of just the Christian box areas of our life will translate into the Christian areas of our life. And hopefully we know that all parts of our life are, are being lived for God. Does that make sense? But in terms of like, uh, you know, how we respect and submit to our parents, for example. Parents are an example of an authority figure put in your life by God. Now, some of us have good relationships with them, some of us don't. But we better, as followers of the Lord, start trying to figure out how God wants us to submit and to see these people that God's put in our lives. How, how we relate to and submit to the authority of our parents will trickle down into uh, how the authority structure works in our small groups. Okay? The, the way that we interact with and submit to uh, the authority of our professors and of CSU as a whole will trickle down to how authority and submission works in your small group. If you've got an attitude problem with one of your professors or CSU, there's going to be some issues that creep up in your small group. As you're trying to have authority, as you're trying to be in a godly authority, if, you, if you're not submitting to authorities that God has put in place in your life, you know, there's, there's going to be issues that creep up. So I would encourage you, hey, identify the authorities that God has put in your life and ask yourself, do a heart check. Is, is my posture toward these authorities that God has put there correct or is it not? And if it's not, just fix it. And if it is, then great. Okay. Uh, let's look at this scripture, Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment upon themselves. We don't want to be in that spot. We don't want to be in that spot. Right? The Bible says that all authority is God's authority. Now, let's delineate a little further uh, some of these examples of authority that the Lord himself wants us to have a godly perspective on. Who's texting me? This cool guy that I met at On Campus Presence. Look at that. Get <laughs> All right, who, who are some of these authorities? Um, President Trump is one of these authorities. The Bible says to pray for our for our rulers. It says to pray. Pray for them. Actually, it doesn't say anything about criticizing or judging or anything like that. It just says to pray. I think a lot of us may have to submit to God with that one. Hmm. But we do. We do need to submit to God. How, how, how does the Lord want us to react to these situations? We can't have these crazy opinionated attitudes about some people and then expect um, people that don't agree with us to have a right perspective in our lives. First of all, we have to fix our attitude and our perspective. And then, and only then can we expect um, our authority to be taken seriously in the spirit realm. Are you guys tracking with me? Mm-hmm. How about uh, the governor, the mayor, uh, <clears throat> Tony Frank, yeah. You know, uh, university administrators, police, your boss, yeah. your parents, 
you know, your, your pastor, your ministry leaders, your resource group leader, <coughs> your small group leader. These are just examples of those in authority. Um, God operates through the authority structure. Okay? So authority is not just something that we have constructed on earth so that society functions better. The reason that there's authority is because there's a God. So we need to be okay with and get used to the fact of living in authority because that is how the master set it up. That's how he set it up. So we need to get real good and real okay with submitting to the things that he's put in place. Um, I, I really think that this topic is crucial. There are, there are um, lots of people in ministry that are extremely gifted and talented and are gifted by God to reach people and have natural charisma and all these things. And those people can and will fall flat on their face and end up falling into sin and all kinds of different stuff simply because they don't have the authority and submission to that authority worked out in their lives. This is a really, really big deal. It's a very big deal. So, so let's let's position ourselves to submit for the Lord's sake. Does that make sense? Just like that police officer that pulled my father over on the side of the road. He wasn't even in his car. He was just a man standing outside the road. <clears throat> just like he did that, we should submit to the authority for the for the Lord's sake. Right? It's not even for the sake of the person that's holding the office. It's not for the person. It's for the position. So I encourage you, if, you, if you're having a hard time submitting to the person, submit to the position because God is the one that has established the position. It's also important to remember that those people that are in those positions of authority, if they're not handling their authority correctly, they're going to have to answer to God for it. Yeah. They're certainly not going to answer to you. <laughs> They're going to have to answer to God. right? So that's why it's even further important to submit to those positions of authority because it's God that has instituted that. And he, he deals personally with those people in charge of those, those things. So let him take care of those things. Yes? Oh, where do you draw the line um, yeah. like between God's authority and like authority of like man? Great I, I can't say their names, but Nishak, Shadrach, and Abednego, yeah. they did not submit. To like right. their authority, but I mean, yeah. well, they, they shouldn't have. But mm -hmm. like, where, I'm just kind of asking, where do you draw that line of? Yeah, like you're telling me not to be a Christian, so I'm not gonna like submit to that authority. Absolutely, you know I mean? perfect question. Uh, probably everybody's asking that question. Many, many of us. Um, who's got an answer? Who thinks they have an answer? Throw something out there. I think they model like in that story that you threw out. story in particular, they were extremely respectful to the king. So for one thing, they were Jews that served the living God, but they were serving under this pagan king anyway. So they were submitted to his authority. Okay. Okay? And they were submitted to his authority all the way up until his authority and what he wanted and what the word of God was did not connect. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so we should mit, submit to our authorities. Um, how do I say it here? <clears throat> as far as our authorities are not violating the will of God or the word of God. Does that make sense? We should submit to our authority, period, as far as their authority is not violating mm -hmm. the will of God. Now, sometimes our authorities uh, will make decisions that we don't agree with. But listen, it's our role, because God has placed them in authority, to submit to that authority, unless their decision is outside of the bounds of the Bible. Yeah. Right? Just because you disagree with it doesn't mean that you shouldn't submit to their authority. You haven't been put in that position. You have no idea what you would do if you were put in that position, for one thing. But secondly, God has put that position, that person in position in authority over you. So it is their responsibility to hear from God and get it right. It's your responsibility to submit. Unless they're violating the word of God, in which case we submit to the will of God and not that sinful authority. Does that make sense? As long as they're not sinning, our posture is to submit. Yeah, and even if they're instructing us to go something that is beyond what God calls to, that is outside of His will, our our response needs to be out of reverence and honor and respect. Yeah, um, I agree. And so we we're not to usurp their authority to say, "Hey, I I respect you and um, what you're asking me to do." However, I respect God greater than that. And so I want to bow to Him for you. Yep, definitely. Did I answer your question? Sweet. Okay. Uh, before I get there. Here, here's some examples of, of uh, submission to authority in my life. Um, cool. So when I was a pastor in Kentucky, uh, Sarah and I uh, decided to take a trip to, to Europe just for, for kicks. We were flying out of Indianapolis, which was about an hour and a half drive from where our church was at. So I preached that morning, and then we had to drive to Indy and catch a flight to Paris, right? So uh, the service went long, and I was running behind. And um, should I tell that story? <laughs> I'll tell this story, but I'm thinking of another story that connects with it. <coughs> Maybe. Um, I only had a limited time to make it to the airport, right? You're, for international flights, at least at that time, you need to be at the airport two hours before your flight leaves. Okay? So we were cutting it close. Didn't think I was going to make it. Ended up not making it. But, uh, of course, I was speeding to the airport. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you need to slow down and go the speed limit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> I paid thousands of dollars for these plane tickets. And if I don't get there on time, then I may not get to go on this trip. And the Lord was like, hey, listen, you need to, you need to listen to me. You need to, you need to submit to the speed limit. Come on. I won't tell the whole story, but maybe one of the reasons that I was so in tune in this moment is because uh, right before that, um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit because you're probably intrigued. So I lived out in the country. I was surrounded by forest. I like to walk around out in the forest, right? The forest that my property was surrounded by was owned by an energy company, and so it was trespassing to walk around on the property. 
but nobody ever inspects it, and it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres, and it just calls to me, like, hey, you need to explore this, right? <laughs> so I explore it for uh, a couple hours, first time ever. I was convicted not to do it, but I did it anyway, just because of the trespassing on private property thing. I didn't have permission, I just did it anyway, because I knew I wasn't gonna get caught. Um, I look for, uh, did you know that deer shed their antlers in the, in the springtime? It's cool for me to go look for shed antlers. I found four or five complete sets of shed antlers on this property when I was out there, which is unheard of. Taken back to my house, it was all good. Uh, I was uh, ministering to our college students. I get a phone call from the cop that somebody has broken into our house. So I, I get robbed back in the day. And the Lord, I believe, revealed to me that because I had taken something that wasn't mine from private property, I opened the door to the devil to come into my house and take something that wasn't the robbers. So I was like, whoa, okay. So I really like these antlers, but I ended up throwing these antlers back over the fence, back onto the other property, so I, I brought back what was theirs. I never got back my stolen TV, but that's beside the point. <laughs> so I've got this story in the back of my mind as I'm speeding toward Indianapolis. And the Holy Spirit said, hey, you need to go to speed limit. I was like, he's probably right. I don't want anything to be stolen out of my house again. <laughs> so I did. We get, to, we get to the airport. We get inside the airport. We go up to the gate. I find out that uh, my passport and all my credit cards are gone. I'd stuck them in my back pocket and they fell out on the way to the airport. So it's just, this, this couple week period of time in my life's not really going well. We get up to the gate, we're there one hour before my international flight's supposed to leave and the guys at the ticket counter are like, what are you here for? I was like, well, I'm on the flight to Paris. They were like, well, you're not getting on that plane. I was like, what? They told me I was gonna have to book another flight. <laughs> and so this is meltdown moment for, uh, you know, our hopes and our dreams. So Sarah and I have a little coming to Jesus moment off to the side here. Um, and we're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> lost my passport, lost my credit cards, not going to get onto this plane to Paris, going to be out thousands of dollars. And so we were just like, God, uh, help us in this situation. Help us to find our passport and our credit cards and help us to figure this out somehow. I had peace in my heart that it was gonna work out somehow. Have you guys ever had peace that it was gonna work out? You don't know yeah. what working out means, but it seems like it's gonna work out. Shortly after that uh, prayer, we hear of the intercom, Jacob Graham, come to the welcome desk. So they, I, I found all my passport and my credit card, so that's the first step in the right direction. And I had in the back of my mind, I'm telling you, I had in the back of my mind that it was God that made me late, right? He told me to go the speed limit. I would've gotten there least 20 minutes before that, maybe had a better argument for getting on the plane if God hadn't told me to slow down. So I submit to the Lord in slowing down. <coughs> so that's in the back of my mind during this prayer, like, hey God, you're, you're very involved here. This is not just my problem, this is yours. Um, anyway, I ended up talking to the guy behind the ticket counter, and it was wild, it was definitely supernatural. Like I just felt like it was the right thing to do to be kind to this guy that wasn't gonna let me on the plane. And I stood there and I talked to him and I helped him out. We were talking about other options and stuff like this. It was looking like I was going to have to buy new tickets. But it trans the, the conversation and the guy behind the counter translated from stoic, like this is the way that it is, over like 20 minutes into, 
<coughs> they found, so he, he started looking for other flights for me, and he ended up finding a flight that would get me into Paris at the exact same time as the, the flight that I missed. And that's completely supernatural, not supposed to happen. At the beginning it was, you're not getting on this plane, you're going to have to buy another ticket. There's no flights available to, oh, it looks like we've found something, and by golly, it's a different airline, but they're boarding right now, you guys should go do that. So we got into Paris at the exact same time as we were always supposed to get into Paris. Mm -hmm. I attribute that to submitting to the authority that God has put in place. Mm -hmm. That's what I attribute it to. Number one, God, but number two, even the earthly authorities that God has set in place. Okay, so that's one of my submission stories. Another one, uh, not much of a story, but I've observed peers having a problem with their authority and it impacting their attitude and their effectiveness in ministry. I've just observed that. I've observed people having a problem with authority. You can just tell by their attitudes and their demeanors and the things they do behind the scenes. You yeah. can just tell, and it definitely impacts them. And I've also observed people that I've led in ministry that really submit and follow authority, and it impacts their own ministry positively. So I'm, talk I'm thinking about small group uh, leaders that I've led as a resource group leader. I'm talking about ones that maybe didn't necessarily even have the gifts of, uh, of other ones, but because they, they really honored and respected what God was doing through me, God blessed them and allowed their small group to grow and thrive. It's a direct correlation. <laughs> uh, and this is a really cool example too one time I was a part of a ministry and I didn't think I was being given some of the responsibilities and authorities that I deserved okay have you ever been there like hey listen what am I just chopped chopped liver here give me, give me something to do who do you think I am which is pride so I was in that place for a while I had an attitude problem and it impacted my attitude and my prayers and my relationships if you, one of the ways that you can tell if you've got a problem with authority is that when you think about that person or that entity, you will feel like, ugh, on the inside. <laughs> if you ever notice that you feel, ugh, on the inside, when it comes to thinking about somebody or a person, you probably have uh, <clears throat> a problem with them that needs to be fixed. It's probably a sinful heart condition that you need to submit to the Lord. So... <clears throat> It impacted me. Then I decided I was going to be okay with the position that God had given me. Okay, So I was seeing it as, why don't these people respect me? And I turned that into, with the Holy Spirit's help, God has put me in this position. God is the one that promotes me. So I'm going to be okay here, and I'm going to submit well. It was a tweak of my heart posture. Then I prayed, and I made that decision in my heart. And later that exact same day, I got an email from my leader stating that he was giving me some of the responsibilities that I had desired. And the, the switch that was flipped was me, not him. It was me saying, okay, God, I will honor this position that you've given me. I'm telling you guys, submission to authority is the key, is one of the, the keys to your promotion in the kingdom of God. If you want more responsibility and if you want more effectiveness in his kingdom, then you got to do it his way, which is to be okay with the process that he's got you in. Be okay with the process. I tell my guys all the time, it is the Lord that promotes you. You don't have to schmooze. You don't have to brown nose. You, don't, you do need to work hard. 
but it is the Lord that promotes you. You don't have to strive and lose sleep at night. It will be the Lord that promotes you. Just submit where you're at and allow his process to take hold and he will promote you. You will be relevant if you're obedient. You will become the most relevant person in your place of employment or ministry if you're simply obedient. You will become relevant. <coughs> All right? So, like I said, we must follow well first if we hope to lead well. It's a spiritual principle. How far should I submit to authority? Russell asked this question. As far as your authorities are not violating the will of God. Last question. Where am I on the authority spectrum? All right? In my life, where am I? Uh, that could, that's good. That is different, different places for different ones of you. It's important for us to be in life under authority and, and in authority. Okay? It's very important for us to be under authority. Authority is some of the guardrails that God has placed in our life. Authority is a good thing. Mm -hmm. If there wasn't authority, we wouldn't know where guardrails are. So this is one of the methods that God puts safety nets in our life. Authority. It's really important to be under authority and in authority at the same time. And let's say that you're, <coughs> um, of course, under authority. All of us are under authority unless you are like the President of the United States. And then even he is supposedly checked by uh, the, the uh, judicial branch and the legislative branch. But um, all of us are under authority. But even if, you're, if you don't literally have a position, right, you still have authority over your own decisions. Does that make sense? You still have authority over your own attitude. You still have authority over circumstances that you've been placed in and what you do with those things. So you're always in a position of being under authority, and you're always at least in the authority over your own attitudes and positions. And this is a, this is a healthy place to be. God has delegated to you authority over your own decisions. God is ultimately in charge, but you are the one that makes sure that you submit your decisions to God's will. Okay, so if you would like uh, to be promoted, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you'd like more responsibility in the kingdom of God or in your place of employment or whatever like that, do well with the authority that God has given you. And you have authority over your own actions and your own thoughts and your own decisions. Okay, do well there, and God will promote you. Um... And lastly, here are the benefits of a correct perspective of spiritual authority and submission. Here are the benefits of a correct perspective. A, it honors God. God is your creator. He is your redeemer. He is your Lord. Okay. He has a right on our lives. So the best reason to have a right perspective, a godly perspective on authority, is because it honors him. It pleases him. It makes him happy. It, it puts you into alignment with his favor and blessing. Uh, and it glorifies him. It gives him glory. Uh, our world, and not just America, even though we pride ourselves on our personal freedom, right? In the world, <coughs> it is countercultural to submit to authority. Oftentimes, people are even praised for not submitting to authority. You know what I'm saying, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the thing to do to backtalk about parents, to backtalk about professors, to talk down about your school. It, that's the thing to do. That is, that is the world's way. So it's completely countercultural 
to understand that God is ultimately in charge and that you're going to make sure that you submit to his authority and your words and your thoughts and your actions. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about lip service here. We're talking about full-blown full being submission. Your words, your thoughts, your actions. It glorifies God. It will, it will, uh, it will highlight you in the minds, I think, of your ministry leaders and your employers to be a person that understands authority and gladly submits to that authority. It will highlight you because other people aren't doing that. It will set you it'll set you apart and above because that's the way that God works. That's the way that God interacts. <laughs> it will give him tremendous glory by us doing that. It will also keep you humble. And that's, that's the best place to be. God can use us if we're humble. Um, it, allow, it allows you to keep a good attitude, this correct understanding of submission and authority. It'll bless your leaders. You will be a follower that all everybody wants to have if you correctly submit to authority. <coughs> and it'll allow God to bless you. This is, this is God's path. Think about the ultimate example of su submission to authority. It's Jesus who being in very nature God did not think that equality with God was something to be grasped, but humbled himself, took the very nature of a servant, being made in the image of man. And he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place. It is because of Jesus' humility that he has been exalted this highly. Yeah. He was God, and yet when he came to the earth, to obey the task that Father God gave him. He set aside all of that, and he did exactly what the Lord wanted him to do, which ultimately was to, was to, to die for filthy, rotten sinners that didn't deserve it. If there was anybody that should have been respected and should have been admired and should have been adored and should have been given the keys of the kingdom, and should have been given accolades when he was on the earth. It was Jesus, yeah. and yet he didn't receive any of that, and he did it willingly. Yeah. Wow. And that—that's why we're all here today, mm -hmm. because of his attitude toward authority. He humbled himself and he submitted. So again, don't worry about <clears throat> the Lord honoring you, or don't worry about promotion. God will take care of that if you take care of what's important to Him. Cool. Can we pray uh, for a couple minutes here? Let's just take a moment and uh, put your notes away and stuff like that. And I want you uh, to <clears throat> take to God what you've what you've heard in your heart during during this talk. I want you to admit to Him the things that you've heard, and if you've been convicted. I want you to admit to the Lord that you've been convicted. Like, hey God, I hear you. <laughs> Thank you for pointing out that area in my life. And then just, just click it over into, God, I submit that area to you. I'm sorry for doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. I understand the importance of submitting to the authority that you put in place. And I'm making it right, right now. So let's do that together.
God, thank you for this opportunity to align the position of our hearts with yours in this area. Thank you for loving us so much that you'll, you'll point out things that need to be changed in our lives. And God, we want to make those adjustments right now. In the name of Jesus. <coughs> we admit that in some of these areas it's hard. It's challenging for us. But we see your truth. And we see that you've set authorities in place and we've seen that our position and our posture needs to be submission. So God, we do it right now as an act of our will. We submit, Father God, to the authority that you put in our lives. I pray, Father God, that when it is hard and it's challenging, that you remind us that we are submitting to you. And how great a privilege that is. Because you're never going to do us wrong. We do this, Father God. We put our lives in this area in your uh, control and command. We submit our lives to you, Father God, and we count on you to take care of us. If we've been done wrong in any of these areas, we count on you to make it right. We don't look to man. We look to you, Father God. We submit to you. Help us to love those that are unlovely. Help us to respect those that may not seem worthy of it in our eyes. For you, for your sake, Father God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah.